everybody, it's your girl Joy has questions back at it with another amazing episode. And for this week's You Better Know, we are honoring Sergeant William Harvey Carney, who is the first African-American soldier to be awarded the Medal of Honor. He was awarded this in 1900 for his gallant efforts in saving the regimental colors, a.k.a. he, he saved the flag. Um, during the Battle of Fort Wagner in 1863. Now, this is why this is so epic to me. Whenever I see, you know, people, the majority, a, a ton of white people that are just like, you're disrespecting the flag. And I'm like, really, sis? Here's an excellent example of a man who not only respected the flag, literally could have given his life just for the fact that they wanted to protect what that represented and what that meant. And for future clarification just so we're all on the same page here or rather I should and for further clarification anytime that you do anything to the flag if you want to make it into a bathing suit Tommy Lauren if you want to sit here and have it as a headband a wristlet whatever that technically is illegal as fuck so let's keep that in perspective when you're blaming others for oh you're kneeling you're disrespecting the flag no it's not actually disrespecting the flag in regards to this amazing man, he was born as a slave in Norfolk, Virginia, February 29th in 1840. Now, records don't show how he actually became free. Um, a lot of people assume that he escaped through the Underground Railroad and joined his dad in Massachusetts. And then other family members of his were freed um, by purchase or by the death of their master. So he joined the 54th Massachusetts Volunteer Infantry in 1863 as a sergeant, and then he took Took place or he took part in the assault on Fort Wagner in Charleston, South Carolina, July 18th, 1863. So when the color guard was killed, he retrieved the flag and marched forward with it despite multiple serious wounds. When Union soldiers were forced to retreat under fire, he returned the colors to another survivor and was quoted as saying, Boys, I only did my duty. The old flag never touched the ground. Whew, that just made gave me chills. Like the fact that Born a slave, born looked upon as less than a human as property by a country that, I mean, the flag represents the country in a, in a sense. It's, it's our identification mark. And he was willing to potentially die for something that wasn't necessarily benefiting him. That to me, you're, you're dying or potentially willing to die for the theory of what the country could be. Um, after he was discharged, he went back to New Bedford, Massachusetts, and then got a job maintaining the city's streetlights. He also was a mail carrier for 32 years. He was a founding vice president of the New Bedford Branch 18 of the National Association of Letter Carriers in 1890. And then let's let's just put this into to, you know, a little bit of a math lesson. Fort Wagner was in 1863, but on May 23rd, 1900, nearly 37 years after the events in that battle, he was given basically the Medal of Honor. More than half of such awards from the Civil War were presented 20 or more years after the fact for men of color. Okay, so he died um, in 1908, December 9th to be exact, after complications from an elevator accident at the Massachusetts State House where he worked for the Department of State. His body lay in state for a day, and then he was buried in the family plot at Oak Grave Cemetery in New Bedford, Massachusetts, and engraved on his tombstone is the image of the Medal of Honor that he was awarded. So definitely when it comes to soldiering within this country or having pride or doing 
doing your due diligence. There are countless examples of men and women in color who have continued to sacrifice for what they believe this country can eventually represent. And that definitely is something that we should honor and respect. So salute to you, sir. And may you continue rest in peace. And now let's move on with the rest of the show. Hello, everybody. It's your girl Joy has questions. I am super happy to be back. I know I did not have an episode last week. I just look, life happened. It was a whole bunch of shit going on um, with my day job. Had a lot of you know work travel that I had to do, but I am back and ready to go. Um, this young lady that I have on the show, I've been following you know their brand, watching it grow. I love what it represents, which is in terms of like and. In- I'm not going to speak for your brand, but just how I feel it represents like Black Chicago's, the millennial movement, the intersectionality between art and culture and politics and empowering our community and us as a people. So I have one of the co-founders of the tribe. I'm, can I, is it cool if I say Morgan Elise? You want Morgan J? Like, just go, Morgan, how do you want me yeah, to? Yeah, you can just call me Morgan, but you know, I just, I put in my full name, Morgan Elise Johnson, because you know, there's a lot of Johnsons out here. Gotcha. And you know, one day, if you know my name is in like somewhere, I need people to know specifically and- that I'm Morgan Elise Johnson. <laughs> there's only one. <laughs> Copyright, trademarked, this is all exactly. of it. No, definitely. But I'm so happy to have you on the show, love. Thank, Thank you for your flexibility. You know, sometimes it's just hard to get black girl magic together in one room, but we are doing it today. Doing it today. Exactly. So starting off with, so according to IG, I just need to have a rewind moment because last week the Oscars happened. I'll be on like, yes, I was super happy for the winners. Congrats inclusion, all that good stuff. But I just, can we please give Billy Porter his roses? He needed an award just, just for showing up. For being there. Yeah. Like, so where's my check on top of the check for hosting (laughs) the the pre-Oscar show? Like, do you watch Pose? I do watch Pose. Okay. And I love him. He's actually my favorite character. He's mine as well. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into the monologue where he read them. I was like, that hard he pray tell is in pain and y'all gonna leave him the hell alone yeah he breathes life into that show it's amazing i sometimes i find myself like i truly can't separate the art from you know the reality anymore because i'm sitting like even when i was watching him on the the red carpet with his husband i believe or his boyfriend or husband i'm looking i'm like pray tell looks so amazing tonight (laughs) like i couldn't even go like billy porter yeah Um, yeah I saw a lot, though, of backlash in regards to his ensemble, which was a Christian Soriano piece. And if no one knows who Christian Soriano is, he got his claim to fame from Project Runway, one of my favorite shows. Um, But what I love about Christian Soriano, outside of the fact that, yes, he's very, you know, big on inclusion within the LGBTQ community, he really focuses on making sure that the vision for who he dresses shines through. You know how, like, fashion designers, I feel a lot of times are like, well, I only go up to a size four girl, so either lose the weight or I don't know what to tell you. I'm not necessarily going to branch off. I think he is very big on like, I'm going to have everyone in my fashion show and y'all are going to slay and look amazing. So I like that about him. How did you feel about Billy Porter's look? I mean, I loved it. I've never seen anything like it. And I think he was paying homage to, um, I can't remember the name, but he was paying paying homage to um, kind of like a legend of Mm -hmm. Vogue culture. Mm -hmm. So um, I just feel like 
I don't understand why people are still mad, you know? People be gay. Let them be <laughs> who they are. <laughs> like, what is the problem? And I feel like, especially older generations, they get really mad about stuff like this, but it's just like, we're going to act like Prince didn't wear blouses. Y'all love him. Had whole he, assless chaps. Assless people. <laughs> pants. Wore like, Chanel what is number the five. Like, and you love Prince. Can't say nothing to them about Prince. So I'm just like, I don't know how they pick and choose who to discriminate against, but I'm just over it. I think the thing what I find is like, when I look at like black masculinity or just like the fragility of the ego, right? Here is a man who, and I'll be quite honest, I didn't realize how he was already considered like an established theatrical legend because like he comes from Broadway and I've, I've never immersed myself in Broadway. So I'll be honest, when I first saw like the first couple episodes of Pose, I'm like, is he a breakout star? Like, who is he? You know, mm-hmm. and then you go through his, you know, his resume. And you're like, oh, he's been making moves. I think the thing for me, though, is when I saw it, I was just disgusted by the fact like, here is a, an amazing positive representation, I think, of another aspect of our community. And instead of embracing this, I saw a whole bunch of, you know, social media loves commentary now. These think pieces of like, oh, well, you know, he's tearing down black. This is what they wanted to see black men in dresses and, you know, the emasculation of the black man. I don't think it's emasculating at all to own your truth. And I think the thing is, if he wanted to walk outside with something that I feel represents both aspects of him and his authentic form, mind Joe raggedy ass business. Because what you're doing is talking on your soapbox from the couch while he's on his platform at the Oscars. So I don't have anything to say. And to be honest, the outfit was sick as fuck. It really was. It blew my mind. It's like, just admire it, respect mm-hmm. the fact that you could never, and move on. I really feel like, I, I need to go back. I hope he got, like, I feel like he got best dressed, like, consistently. Everyone was just like, he wins. Like, he did it. And I, I, I mean, if what another man wears really threatens your masculinity, then you need to search inward. Especially, like, let's, even if you take it outside of, like, the the gender aspect right here's a person who came to an award show with their partner with their spouse so they ain't looking at you no way like or even if he would have been single that doesn't make a difference i think it's just like that bigger distortion and dialogue about like the quote-unquote gay agenda and like and like this idea that like Hollywood and everybody is trying to like turn Push people gay. And this idea us. that you can just like turn people gay. Like it's just, I feel like it's a very limited way of thinking. It's very limited. And I think the thing that until we as a community on the inside, like really come to grip, like have these conversations and come to grips with the fact that someone's you know who they choose to love or where they are in their life has nothing to do with what they are contributing to the community especially if it's in a positive sense you know like yes we have the other end of the spectrum and this with jesse you know that just i don't know what he was thinking i i truly don't so i'm like i'm just gonna leave that situation alone at this point but when you have someone that is representing an outcasted aspect because let's be real like even on the show like he's you know the I don't want to he's not the jester he he's the director of the Vogue scene you know he's this legend you know he's 
helping get the girls together, if you will, you know, and, and loving a lot of broken and discarded individuals. Like, how can you be upset with that when you haven't been one to empower them or encourage them? Right, right. All of these things are a social construct, right? If we were in a different time in history or a part of a different culture, I mean, there are cultures where men wear skirts, kills. There are cultures where men wear robes and like things that kind of look like tunics or, you know, things like that. So it's... it's as old as, as literally, if you look, I don't know why people act like the, the concept of homosexuality, like gayness happened only in the 80s. Like, have you not went through all of history? Like, this isn't something that just happened a day ago. It's really not. King James, the version of the Bible that we read, um, he had two gay lovers who he killed. So. Alexander the Great was known to actually put out edicts when he went on these long campaigns with his um army where he was like he encouraged them to take lovers amongst themselves because in his i've heard i'm like wow interesting but if they were um how do i what's the word i'm looking for but if they were attached you know to the person like oh my god this is my man that's about to like get killed they would be more passionate about Mm. making sure that the soldiers around them didn't die i was like interesting concept i don't Girl, know you're teaching go. me something today yeah like you know, they're not going to hear this oh well you know <laughs> ain't nothing new under the sun it's really not and so it's it's just it drives me nuts like even a couple of weeks ago there was a chicago ideas week had like a, a conversation on like black men and it was at fellowship church and i found it so interesting like when i looked at the panelists it was like devon franklin making goods husband um charlemagne the god and this one other xavier Right? Xavier Ramey, wasn't he there? I think. I, I can't remember the name of the third person. Yeah. But the one thing that I was looked I looked at, I was like, okay, well, this is a great conversation. But I'm like, but if you're a sister, like, yes, this is amazing for you. But I'm like, but if you don't fall under those, mm. you know, lines, like, where, where do you fit in? Right. How do you find your encouragement? Are you even accepted or welcomed in, in that space? Right. So that's what I was just like. I would have loved to see, like, that aspect covered as well. But uh, we have a lot of work to do. But yes, to his outfit and the fact that regardless of if we accepted it or not, pray tell came and slayed. He really did. And then did you see the in picture girl of him in the bed with Hank? Oh, no, I missed that. (laughs) Because he took he took off the collar and the suit jacket. It was just him in the gown with the diamonds. He's goals like (laughs) I want him to be the rich uncle that shows up to Thanksgiving because, you know, family is annoying and just is like. Just let me know when you need something. Uncle Billy, I just, I can't. Like, I'm going back to the south of France with Antonio. Right. But you call me if you need something. So, yes, he's everything. Um, Moving right along. I don't, oh, God, let me even see how to, like, segue into this. Because they, I'm already weary. My immune system is depleted. And they are the last people that I want to talk about. Who? I'm just going to say Kim and them. Because I'm like, oh, at this Kim point, okay. Kim and them, um, I don't know what the the scheduling is on the E-Network for when the show comes back up. I feel like maybe they're like getting ready to start taping for I, the new season. Is it dropping soon? I feel like this is like promotional material for it them It definitely dropping. is publicity based. I think what I find... I've heard several stories that this was like a master plan because Chris Jenner's been trying for the longest to manage Jordan and Jordan's like, nah, so 
Chris basically was like, well, we've got to cut the fat or, you know, let's just take it all the way back. Long story short, if you have not heard about the, the situation, Jordan Woods, who has been attached to the Kardashians and the Jenners since Kylie had her original face. Like, that's how long they've been friends. <laughs> not her original face. I though. mean, yes. I When they showed that initial picture, I'm like, they're petty because they know for a fact they could have shown a recent picture. They took it back to <laughs> I mean, Jordan, on Red Table Talk, Kylie had like this lip smackers on. And I was like, good Lord, that I girl I mean, Jordan look- glowed up too, though, if we're keeping it all the way real. She did, but I feel like she also maintained... It, I can see her just looking like I'm maturing into this, right, my into body, you yeah. know, how time works. Whereas Kylie looks like two different people. Mm-hmm. Like I would have to view her by fingerprints if something happened. <laughs> like, who is this? Are we sure? Like, can we get some evidence here? Um, so basically it is tied into not Courtney. Who's the other one? Chloe. That's how I don't even know the name. Chloe. And she was accused of, at first, Hollywood Unlocked broke the story by, what's his name, Jason Lee, saying how she was at a party, she hooked up with Tristan, she stayed there till 7 in the morning, and, you know, implying, not just flat out saying it, but implying that she slept with Tristan Thompson, um, and then all hell has broken loose since then. Jada's Pinkett Smith had Jordan on Red Table Talk to tell her side of the story, to go over things. Um, and then Kylie hasn't said anything. Uh, one of the twins from ATL, the one that I think was uh, had to get in the trunk when they mama <laughs> found out that they were at the rink uh, un- and weren't supposed to be there. She's been saying a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Kim's doppelganger, a.k.a. Larsa Pippen. Uh, side note, I want to know whose plastic surgeon it was first, because I'm at the point of them where I can't determine if Larsa got work done from Kim's plastic surgeon after or if it was Larsa's plastic surgeon to begin with and Kim followed her. They look creepily alike at this point. There's pictures where I'm just like, I don't know who is who. Oh, really? I haven't looked at them side by side. Try it. Let's let's play a game. Like I feel like I'm jigsaw from like saw one through five. But they, um, you know, have all been trying to clap back and you know say whatever. Um, I just watched the red table talk last night. Okay, good. So I gave you the print of like how it's been. It's been conversation. But what I I want your thoughts. Because I look at it from a deeper, like, level. I don't give a fuck about, oh, the, what's going on in the shade room? I, I mean, I see the power play by Jordan because it was, like, this, like, little tiff between women. And then all of a sudden it became with Will and Jada getting involved. Like, look at this poor girl and her father's gone. And look how these this black couple has come to nurture her. And I didn't know that she was like a part of that family like that. And all of a sudden, and it's just like, look at this beautiful moment between Jada and Jordan of her being like a surrogate. <laughs> I felt like the Parent, title of the episode like, should have been Come Home. Exactly. Like- <laughs> it was just like, she just needs the love of a parent. And like, look at her. She's growing up. She's figuring out life. And like, how dare all these people attack her? I mean, in terms of just like optics and power plays, I'm like, well done, ma'am. So here's the thing. She has learned from the best. She ain't no fool. Um, in terms of money alone, the girl pulls in 100000 
a month from Instagram, not from other shit that she's doing, just Instagram alone. Um, so she is wealthy, like having the association to the to the the car Jenners, whatever them has been beneficial for her. What I find is interesting is how this is the first time that I've ever seen the Kardashians do this to somebody and actually now have to deal with backlash. Like usually when something happens, oh, Lamar is, is cheating on Chloe. He's He can't stop being a drug. I mean, they didn't have this energy for Black China oh, no. or... Trina, I mean, didn't somebody take somebody's man from Trina and like... Chloe, French Montana. Okay. There's that one. Um, and Trina never actually spoke on it. She just like exited stage left and was like, y'all can keep the It's just like shit. at this point, this is what y'all do. Justine Sky was dating Travis before Kylie was. I forgot about that. And the reason I remembered it was because I was like, oh, they were friends. Because when Rihanna came for everybody's life and dropped 1,000 Shades of Melanin and people who had brands were trying to scramble, <laughs> Kylie threw up her one dark friend. It was like, no, I, I have lip stain for, no, I have the girl soon. She was using Justine Sky to promote Kylie Beauty. Mm. Um, wow. I did not know the, yeah, <laughs> the they, layers of this. They were friends. So I'm just like, here's, here's the thing. Even if you take it outside of, of who they are, the reason that I just find this so laughable and despicable is because y'all are collectively a thousand and two with everyone who's been like coming for this 21 year old. When I've seen you all make mistakes at ages that were older than her. Like, even, like she said, he kissed her. Inappropriate, complete, like you were drunk, whatever your reason is. I just find it so interesting that these women who have also been attached to not only doing way more scandalous things with men who were in, who were married, like Masika, Chloe's bestie and all this other. I'm like, you were running around with whole ass married men and like everyone knew about it. Larsa Pippen been one of Future's concubines since like what? Dirty Sprite 5, 2? I don't know at this point. Um, and Kim is Kim. Just camp. So <laughs> it's just like at this point, I only see it for Saint Chicago Dream, nor the children. Like, just keep the kids in the mix. But it's interesting. And now it's like, you all are really going to try and blame a 21 year old for break. For, you broke up my family. Not even that. I just can't be imagine being a grown woman with that much money for not really having a talent and like wasting my time. Um, putting all this energy out here when I have a child like why I when just, you think about like years from now and like when you look back over your life and be like okay what did I do what did I accomplish what did I put on the internet because the internet doesn't lie once you put something out there it lives it's forever. out there so you know as a grown woman at, and a mother I just can't imagine having all my family business business out there that's why I think all of this is is money it's just money it's money based and to be honest the reason why i think this is now snowballing into a larger social conversation is because for for all intents and purposes they are armenian as an ethnicity these are white women who are looked upon now as coming for this black girl when they themselves have benefited, a lot of people, they have benefited by, you know, taking a lot of phenotypic features, immersing themselves in the culture or the glamorous part, or, or I should say the fun part of being black. Mm -hmm. You love dating the ballers. You love, you know, 
getting the baby hairs and wearing braids they're and all obsessed with black women period. they are beyond obsessed like and that's the thing you see now they have served as that month now when have you ever seen like white women intentionally trying to get like coke bottle figures i mean it wasn't like that in the 90s it was a matter of like no we need you to look like you're starving like you can barely fit into a size two and now it's like they have been the pioneers of this like perfectionist culture that glamorizes black women's features without giving credit to the black women who have been dehumanized and denigrated for years over our natural features. Yeah, Jordan definitely represents the type of black women, you know, with her natural curves and mm-hmm. her cheekbones and thick eyebrows and, you know, all of her features. They She represents like what they strive to be with their look. Like anytime I look at Kylie and I when they do those side by side pictures between um her and Jordan, I'm just like, you're, you are striving to look like Jordan. Right. And I'm like, Jordan got the natural gap. I find it so interesting. I'm like, you're best friends with somebody that literally couldn't stand the way she looked so much. She was begging to grow. I think when Kylie started doing this stuff to her, that's another thing people forget. Like Kylie is the baby. Like she's 21, 22. Mm -hmm. And when she started doing this shit to herself, I think she was 17. Like, I don't even think she was 18 when she did all those major drastic surgeries. And so... I just look at it in the space of, first off, I'm never going to be a woman blaming another woman for a man because I'm like, he knew he was in the relationship before. So, and that's even questionable because if you didn't catch it, like Jordan threw some, some shade, uh, she kept yeah. on saying like her ex, I shouldn't have did that to her ex. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like, who knows if they were even together or what kind of arrangement they have. I mean, you could tell after the situation, it's like, we're here for photo ops and the timetable is turning, but it's like to use her as the scapegoat in the situation. Or- when he been cheating. He's been, been community peeing for a long time. Like, he's been cheating on her since, oh, I think they like me. Like, he was mentally cheating on her for they even got together. Like, I'm not even going to go into, like, his issues as a man or whatever that is. Because if one, if, I mean, he's he like future level trash. I mean, it, he don't want her, though. Like, he doesn't. It's just clear that he doesn't. So, we don't, like I said, we don't know what the arrangement is, um, but it's clear that. He's out here being free. Well, I just put it this way. Jordan Woods, she's going through a hard time, but I think she might actually wind up being now the second person to try and get scathed by the Kardashians, and it didn't work. Like, I think, yes, this is going to always be something she's associated with a little bit, but I think the girl is still going to have a career. Same thing like Black China. And I still think it could be all part of a master plan that they're all in on, so. Oh, I don't trust. I mean. You can't trust anything. I'm I'm waiting to find the burner phone, the Jesse phone, if you will. They're (laughs) like, girl, just come to the house. Like, just go under the tunnel and then pop up in the kitchen, in the refrigerator. We cool. Uh, But yeah, to think of it, like, I never really cared for them. But the one that I always thought was at least the most real or maintaining some form of reality was Chloe. And now I'm like, I can't stand her the most out of everybody. And then Kim, the top with some Nivy, if you mess with him, I'm I'm like, girl. I'm like, girl, you didn't even know that song. It it was just, I literally I it was one of I was looking at it and I closed my laptop. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm we're just gonna end it on this note. Um, that was pretty much it. I did, I guess, honorable mention in terms of track. (coughs) Voice box? No. I think honorable mention in terms of trash things that happened this week. 
Future was at a club and was pre- preventing um, BBWs, or I should say more voluptuous black women, from getting into his VIP section. I think he's come out to deny that on Twitter. He was just like, I love all women. Who even cares? What I heard, when Future says he loves all women, what that means is I'm an equal opportunity trash bucket to all women, <laughs> no matter your size. Um, and if this is, first off, a young woman that he did this to her, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I typically say Nao. I think it's now, N-A, now or Nao. I don't know how to pronounce but the girl is sickening. Beautiful. So I'm just like, whether she's two pounds or 2,002 pounds, like she's more than what you deserve so I'm like I guess but um I just I never understand the the audacity really whenever I see men of any creed or color who think it's okay to tell women how they're supposed to be it's like who told future he was fine that's what I want to know first off when you hear the name Nevadius I'm not thinking of that in the sense of like, there's a fine ass man right there. Like it doesn't spark fineness for you, you know, at most he's, he's a man that carries himself well because he has the money to afford the facial and the clothes. But I'm not looking at him being like, whoa, child, let me put some beeswax on his edges and twist his locks. (laughs) Like, no, not at all. Um, I think secondly, like even with Rick Ross, I'm like, what I'm never going to do is have a man with titties bigger than mine tell me how I'm supposed to be looking and carrying it myself. I'm like, it's just never going to happen because I'm like, let's keep it real. Your money puts you in this position. It is not at all because you are some, you know, generally accepted, attractive person. And I know beauty is subjective, but sometimes that subjection is just standard. Rick Ross is not cute. No. Neither is Future. Neither are a lot of these Lisa Frank coloring book drug, you know, addicted. So many of them are problematic and got something to say about, oh, I only date this type. I only date light skinned women, Kodak Black, all those type of people. And it's just like, fam. Kodak Black. I'm not even. Yeah, let's move on. I I can't. (laughs) Because that, he takes me to a level of. I will tell you to your face if something happens to you, I'm not defending you. Like, I will, I hope nothing does, but I'm not about to sit here and march around Jericho if you get into a situation with somebody. I have, because clearly you don't give a fuck about me. So, I hope whatever Lolita or whoever, I hope they save you. I really hope they do. Me too, because as soon as you run out of money, as soon as those hits start running out, where are they going to be? But the truth remains your God. Like, that's going to be it. Uh, so that's wrapping it up for So According to IG. Well, I do not know what you all will be drinking come cupping season 2019 that is currently upon us. But for those long, lonely winter nights where he lied and said he was coming over and he did not. Make sure that you have Cavassier VSOP to ease the pain. It kept us posted in the summertime, and it'll definitely be here for the wintertime with that smooth, velvety taste that we all love. So make sure whatever you are drinking, that it is Cavassier VSOP. And now back to Joy Has Questions. Moving right along into, so I have a question. Um, 
I love the tribe. Like, first off, I Thank think the logo you. is fun. I'm very big on branding and like, I'm a. like, this logo. Yes, it's concise. Shout it's out neat. to David, who is, um, he's been with us from the very beginning. Um, hey, David. He's one of the owners of our company. And um, yeah, but he keeps our website looking fresh, our all of our design looking fresh. It looks amazing. Like, it's very clean cut, everything. Um, I just, you know, even first and foremost, like, knowing of you and knowing more so Tiffany, but just based on the fact that we have a mutual friend. Hey, Whitley. Um, what made you, you all want to branch off into developing this hub, you know, for for the community, for, you know, Chicago? Well, I mean, I don't want to just say Chicagoans, but what made you want to develop the brand, the tribe? Okay, so a couple of things. Um, one, between like 2012 to 2016, it was just so much negative representation out there about Chicago. And it was dominating the national political discourse, um, uh, you know, just of our nation because, you know, President Obama was in office. People wanted something to attack him mm -hmm. um, about. And Chicago was that thing. It was like, look at all the violence in Chicago. And um, every weekend, it was a murder tally in the headlines. It's like, this many people got shot. This many people got shot. It was also a time where, like, the viral videos were trending of black death everywhere. And it's, I just really started to look at it, look at this and be like, wow, this is our life now. Scrolling through Facebook and seeing if somebody that we knew got shot and it's like plastered all over mainstream media, what is that doing for our people and for our mental health? Mm -hmm. And is this even really helpful? Yeah. Like, is it helpful for the media to just be like 12 people got shot this weekend? Is there something else that we can say other than the fact that here is the murder tally? Cause I'd have been like under the byline of that, what is CPD doing about these 12 people that got shot? Exactly. My and also, what are the factors that are driving violence in these communities? What are the policies that are driving um, poverty in these communities? It's no secret what drives crime. Like, people don't have food and money. So, like, crime happens. Right. So, like, yeah, I just really felt a need to deepen the narrative and, and like, I was living in um, Milwaukee for a while and living in D.C. And whenever you say like, hey, I'm from the Chicago area. Hey, I'm from Chicago. They'd be like, oh, my gosh, Chirac, um, how did you make it out? Is it really like I'm about to get shot when I step off of the plane? And it's just like it was so much ignorance that I was like, really, is that how the entire world sees us? Even other black people who are from places like Baltimore I and Cleveland and New yeah. Orleans. And you're going to act like. Um, Chicago is something new and different and special in terms of just like the issues that we face. Um, it was just a really distorted dialogue. And I felt like, wow, we really need to do something to change this. And, you know, when you pitch stories to outlets, you know, legacy media outlets, they have their certain perceptions of Chicago and mm -hmm. they want you to fit within that narrative because they want um, clicks, you know, yeah. you know, the phrase, if it bleeds, it leads. So that's how they run TV news. If somebody got shot, that's the first thing you're going to see. Right. Um, we were tired of doing that. So we were just like, maybe we can do this on our own. We moved back to Chicago and, you know, not being here for a couple of years, it was just like, okay, like places that we used to go have been shut down, mm -hmm. you know, like 
little clubs the shrine was being shut down I, and like it still hurts it, it still, still hurts fresh. you know just like places that we used to go when we were in school like me and tiffany the co-founder we met at northwestern so it's just like even like our little spots from college it's just like wow chicago is looking very different by the way where are the like smart uh fly uh black people that we can hang out with uh i don't Where's really know where to find them we don't really have anything that's ours and so just trying to find that and not being able to find it partially because we were out of the loop but I just felt like it was different than the feelings that I got when I go to Atlanta or DC where it's very easy to just get plugged in to the black millennial crowd I'm like where's our bar hopping scene where we could just go, you know, kick it and not have to be worried about maybe all of our friends won't get in in a River North bar. Like, what's going on? So we decided to create something that felt like, you know, this is Black Chicago, this is our community, and that's how we came up with the name, The Tribe. I love. And now, I think the thing also you that you hit on, um, you used the time frame like 2012, 2016, that, that time frame. But right. literally, I just encountered someone, I was at a conference um, two weeks ago, and so I introduced myself to this person, and he was like, oh, hey, you know, I'm from D.C., where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from Chicago. He li- cannot make this up. He took two steps back. And then, like, I'm in my head going, like, this is an icebreaker. Like, I'm about to punch the shit out of you. Like, he goes, he's like, oh, Chicago. And I'm, I literally was. And they com- think it's cute. And he was, like, confused. And I was like, well, what's wrong? Like, I was, thought he was about to talk about the how cold it is or something. He's like, nah, man, I heard about y'all Chicago. And you, you might have a knife in your back pocket. And I was on the verge of being like, so thank you for showing me just how stupid you are. Because the stereotype is that we have guns. Not knife violence. Like, so that's number one. And then number two, I was just like, so the wire happened in Baltimore. You don't see me being like, who, bitch? I ain't never getting mumbo sauce. Right. Like, it's just not going to happen. Right. Like, or even when I went to places like Ohio, and it was just a matter of like, I've actually gotten to the point when I hear it, especially from other black people, I just start bringing up all the disparaging things about they city when they were just like, I mean, you know about Chicago. I was like, actually, with Ohio, y'all been fucking up the elections for the past, like, three terms. So I'm like, maybe you worry about talking about the black people in your community, and I worry about the, the killers and the gangsters in mine. Right. And when I tell you the Uber driver, like, he literally just looked like, I was like, yes, you can shut the fuck up. Exactly. I find myself just going around treating people wherever I went. I'm so. done being nice <laughs> about it because I'm like, first off, I never thought it was funny because gun, gun violence means someone dies all the time. You know, my best friend who's an ER doctor, she has to deal with way too many GSWs. Or, but I mean, also, why do you think that that's an appropriate way to greet someone? So let me bring up the shit that hurts. Right. Nice shoes, by You're the talking way. about where I'm from. You're talking about my home. You know, and Chicago is known for so much more than gun violence. I mean, come on. Like, we are like the center of black culture you in cannot. so many ways, you know, just with music, like our history, you know. Gordon Parks had his first studio in our city. And gospel music, okay? Like, there's just so much cultural 
culture here that it really is a shame that we've been reduced down to gun violence. So, you know, we kind of created something so that we can clap back in our own voice and, mm-hmm. and say, no, that's not who we are. You are not going to tell us who we are. And by the way, we understand that there's an agenda as to why you are pumping out this narrative because we are not and it's the super most incorrect. We're yeah. not even the top 10. We're, yeah, we're not the most crime ridden city. So what is it about Chicago that y'all are really trying to say? And I think they're trying to say that, wow, this place is really valuable mm-hmm. and we don't want black people to have it. So... I mean, we can talk about that all day, but yeah. I, I'm, it's not even to me a conspiracy theory. Like it's facts. Like it's facts. I feel like we're definitely having our own cultural revolution in terms of like people starting to like link up with one another definitely. and be more collaborative because definitely. it's like the Renaissance is definitely happening here. Like I think also something that um, it's just crazy to me is when you bring up like, oh, these, this false narrative as we're talking about. Rockford, Illinois has consistently been on the top 10 most dangerous cities in the country. Now, that is also based on a little thing I like to call math. It's how many people per capita are getting injured or is this happening to? And I'm like, Rockford, I've got family in Rockford. I go there in the daytime. I'm like, woo, child. Y'all, y'all a different type of folk. But Memphis always is like one or two on the list. And I'm just in there. Oh, their barbecue is amazing. Oh, okay. So Memphis gets barbecue mm-hmm. and we get chalk outlines. So that's the perception that you think right. of for us first. So I definitely think that now, unlike this bullshit gay agenda, this is a real agenda in terms of what is the perception of blackness within the city. So mm-hmm. completely on par with like, we're speaking the same language there, girl. So I think even moving past that, when it comes to the brand and, you know, when did you all, let me just say, officially found the tribe? Um, February 15th, 2017. Got you. So you all are definitely, you all just had your two-year anniversary. Hey! Yay. Um, in terms of how you've seen it grow or, you know, some of the the hiccups that you might have even had, like, how were you able to navigate that? Like, how were you all able to stay on the same page? Because it's different. It's just me, myself, and I working on something when you have to have other people's opinions involved, too. Hmm. Growth and hiccups. Let me tell you, girl, it (laughs) is definitely a learning curve. I mean, I'm a filmmaker. I went to film school and Tiffany is a journalist. Nobody went to anybody's business school. So... Um, it's one thing to be like, I'm going to create something. I'm a creative. It's another thing to be like, okay, um, are we getting an LLC or an S Corp? Oh my God. That took um, me two months to go over. <laughs> seriously. Oh, by the way, like neither of us comes from money. So I don't have uncle so-and-so who's mm-hmm. a lawyer who can help me, um, go through these documents. Um, So that means I have to go through the IRS website and read everything just line for line myself and figure it out and make sure I'm making the best decision. Legalism traumatized me. I was like, I'm getting off this website. I'm just going to go to the state's office and and have them tell me. And then sometimes you get it wrong. You're like, oh, shit, I was supposed to. um, And the revision. Turn in this and we didn't pay this tax. And now the government is sending us something like, girl, you did something wrong. And I'm like, okay, let's do this before they shut down the trial. An annual (laughs) report. What the? What is that? Exactly. I got to do this every year to keep y'all from like shutting my shit down. So um, a lot of it is trial and error. Like we get a letter from somebody saying like y'all, y'all didn't fill this out. Get it together. (laughs) Like. 
Right. And then just like not having money. I feel like people go on our Instagram page and they're just like the tribe is everywhere. And Chance shouted y'all out and y'all are killing it and y'all won this award. But it's just like, where is the money, though? Like it is literally just three of us killing ourselves, trying to 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 have a presence I need and trying for to be everywhere at once. Cause how do you just cover the news of all of black Chicago? Right. And there's three of us. <laughs> like what you supposed to do? Be like, okay, so I'm here at five and I got to go here. So like, yeah. I don't even the mental and physical exhaustion that must go with that. Along with the fact of like, what meal is not getting had? Cause it's like, you still have to sit here now and factor in the money aspect yeah. to make all these moves happen. Yeah. Like, it definitely is exhausting. And I think it also, though, it, what I will say it speaks to, is this something you really give a fuck about or is this just something that you're trying to do to get on? If it wasn't my passion, I wouldn't have made it just mm-hmm. to year two. And there are so many people. I see people pop up with blogs all the time and they're just like, oh, I'm a lawyer, but I'm going to start this web page and I'm going to do this that, and the other. And it's going to be cute because I want to go cover Lollapalooza and interview people. And it's just like, no, fam, like we went to school for this. We've worked in our industry for like six, seven years. We can do this in a way that other people can't just because like. You know, Tiffany has two degrees from Medill School of Journalism. That's Mm -hmm. like the top journalism school in the country. So it's like, I feel like people are surprised by it. But it's just like, no, we have the credentials. We just don't have like the capital capital. that white people have to be able to start something and just blow it up in two seconds. Right. Um, One day you eating ramen on the couch. Next day you a billionaire. So yeah, we still very much, you know, despite having the resume, we just have to like grind on a level that other people do not have to do. I saw a meme that was very, very true. It's like, I know they say money, you know, won't solve all your problems, but I don't know who lied because every problem I have right it's, now would be solved by money. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, <laughs> if that was not a word, because emotionally I'm just fine. But that if was I a could, privileged statement to make. Right. But if I could not problems. pay back, you know, fed loans right now and keep that 500 a month and do that, I'm like, yeah, life would be great. Mm-hmm. So, I think even, you know, just pivoting from that aspect and, you know, the part it is trial and error, uh, you all have, though, still been able to have a very strong presence. And I always think this is a loaded question. It's not, to me, a short amount of time because mm-hmm. two years is a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's 740. Like, it's not a quick time. Yeah. But it is consistent grinding and hustle, right? So in looking at specifically some of the stories that you all have covered, and even more recently, this 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 Chicago election, like Soldier Boy voice, but this election, um, what were your thoughts on it just in terms of like looking at it from a brand, like you had to cover it, and then it was like record low turnout, you know, and a lot of runoffs, a lot of runoffs. A lot of runoffs, Um to not to see that young people and millennials did not show up was definitely like a sigh for us because just knowing that it's it's only two of us who really contribute to the stories you know we may hire some freelancers but sometimes it'd be feeling like man should we have just chilled right because like clearly y'all didn't you know read the stories and 
and take this information to heart and then you get the feedback from the community that is just like well I didn't see anything about the elections and I didn't see this and I didn't see that and I don't know who these people are and it's just like really you didn't see like none of these billboards you didn't hear none of these ads because they were all on Spotify for me they followed me wherever I went TV written stories video and it's just like for the journalism community it really is hard because it is um one of the most stressful times it's kind of like we're working around the clock trying to get this information out to people only for them to just be like um yeah I don't really care and that's the thing, like, the indifferent, it is enough that ju- it almost makes you want to, like, shake a puppy. Like, what the fuck is wrong with everybody? But I personally, when I hear people now say things like that, I'm like, all you're letting me know is that you have absolutely no desire, no fucks to give about mastering your own life on a very basic level. Because being a self-starter is not something that everyone has. But it really was not difficult to find out information about the candidates. Even if, I don't care if it's 2019, you don't have a TV or a computer in your house. Like there were old school placard, like the little handbills, and people were standing outside. And even if you just have, you know, basic knowledge of what happens, you know, elections, it, it's not like you trying to figure out what day or what month they yeah. happen the same fucking time. I think it was confusing just because we did have an election cycle in November and people are feeling like, oh, we just voted. And then it's like we're voting now and this is a different election. So I just feel like, you know, one, politics are kind of stupid in the way that they do this. And it's intentional around, you know, just making elections difficult and not making sense. But Which is done on purpose. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like... I feel like white people vote because there's real stakes in it for them. They got money tied to this stuff. They care about property taxes and all of these things because they just got their money is on the line. So they're just doing this to back certain candidates that are going to protect their money. And black people, when we don't own things, when we don't have things that we need to protect, we just tend to be um, less engaged. That's the part that hurts the most. I mean, the two runoffs that I looked at closest was, and I'll be honest, that's because I was personally invested. Um, Nicole Johnson from Mm -hmm. the Inglewood community. Hi, love. And then also um, the mayoral race. Um, I I don't know if this will be considered controversial. I have my reasons that I'll explain, but... I feel like it's kind of reminiscent of how I felt voting for Hillary Mm -hmm. during the 2016 elections where, I mean, I have to vote. Right. I am not excited for my options. I felt the same way. I did. When, you know, I've seen a lot of people like, either way, it's going to be the first black woman mayor. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, will it? Like... I think these women, both of these women represent being willing to play the old Chicago Vanguard game. Um, Well, I think Tony's, um, she's definitely like Hillary-esque in representing the machine, um, like... She has the longstanding record of like, oh, I can get things done. But however, the policies that I she supported, pe- black people are just kind of like, 
uh, not really feeling it, but you do have, I guess, the resume of just doing things in City Hall. And I just don't like Lori is trying to play the whole I'm the maverick, uh, I'm the progressive. And that's just very interesting because I think most black people are just like, actually, you are the police. So now and here's the thing, right, because that is a whole nother conversation for our community. But then it's like you get to the space of you're not this isn't like you're the police, but you're the officer who made the IG following. And we always see you with the kids or trying to you double dutch it with the little girls or Mm -hmm. bringing bomb pops to the boys in the summertime and actually trying to be involved with the, the beat or the community that you are assigned to. You have been attached to cover-ups, my guy. Like, this isn't, you know, me just pulling or whistling Dixie here. Like, you've been attached to real problems. And when we look at where her support is, it's mostly entirely on the north side. So that begs the question of, like... What do they see in you? What do they see in you? And also, like, are you... Have you really been a part of the black community at all? I'm not now... I know you are more in tune just based on the fact like your the business of the tribe is like, let me do the research and everything. But I'll be honest, up until elections, I have not heard. I didn't hear this woman. And I may I'm like, maybe I have. And I just wasn't thinking about it too much. But I don't remember Lori being in shit. So I'm just like, I never saw her. At, I saw Tony and stuff. Mm-hmm. I saw her in the news. I'm like, I've never heard of Lori like. And if you looked at their campaign parties, like the fact that, you know, um Lori's was in River North and then you had Tony's like it was it was out south wasn't yeah. it and then the rooms like Tony's room was much more like of just black people if I could just be real and Lori's crowd was very different very white so I just think this is gonna be very very interesting how this shakes out and you know um in my my circle of br- black friends it's um they have more of affinity towards Tony. But then like in my white progressive film community, they see Tony real I mean Lori really as a progressive. So it's very interesting. Well, you know, I feel like Tony is having lived in the city my whole life, like I went to school at her door. Like I'm used to seeing her mm-hmm. like randomly in Walgreens on 55th and she always is on like uh, it's never you never gonna get the real Tony I'm never gonna see Tony not know where the fuck she at you know she's going to keep the I'm a politician let mm-hmm. me shake some hands kiss some babies get the sanitizer wipes behind everyone's back but make it seem like I'm for everybody um but I, I will say it's still gonna be an uphill battle either way because I think, and I don't know, I think Amazon might have settled on, since the New York deal fell out, I think they settled on D.C. But the thing that made my, the hair on the back of my neck stand up is when she was at the mayoral, like, um, con- not conference, but the debate, where, like, everyone got invited. I heard, it was, like, towards the end of, of the election race. And she made the statement about how, like, she was sad that we didn't get Amazon. And I was like, really? Because if Amazon comes here, I was like, that's the end of Black Chicago. Like, that truly is the final nail in the coffin as we know it. Because 
Amazon has consistently been known to exponentially raise price points of everything wherever they go. And it pushes out all of the lower working class from a city, which as we know from Rahm Emanuel and the things that he, the edicts and things that he did was what the goal was, but you want that. Okay, girl. Yeah. I do feel like both of these candidates though, like they can be pushed in certain directions. Like they are people who I feel like the community can stand up and be like, we want this. And I feel like they will actually consider it. Unlike Rom, who just kind of like railed through things. It was just like, Uh, I really don't care what what y'all think. Yeah. I think, and that's the thing, like um, the only concern off of that is, if we couldn't stand up even on the voting aspect, like don't complain when somebody necessarily gets voted in. I'm like, well, we could. Oh, they all. don't complain regardless. Yeah. So, uh-uh. <laughs> what you what you mean? You taking away my or ride shares going up? Like I'm done. I yeah. do, I can't. Um. So even outside of that, like looking, how do you balance the demands of the tribe? Like you're gorgeous, skin is popping, edges are luscious. I'm hey. like, how do you balance that and you know, one seems to still have a life. I'm pretty sure you just like, look, I just need something with a beat that I can just do a shimmy and a twerk and go home. So how does that work? Um, I have to tell you, like, my personal life has suffered the most. And anytime you just put your entire energy into something, that's when everything comes against you you know bad things don't just happen like oh a sprinkle here a sprinkle there just life just really comes at you tsunami. just like a tsunami exactly so just like last year alone I dealt with so much well first of all I'm working with my best friend um we're also sorority sisters so, I mean we know each other very very well but we had to like figure out a working relationship and that was bumpy in the beginning. So, because everyone has different communication exactly, styles. Exactly. Like. Exactly. So, and I'm very much like the boss. <laughs> I'm just like, this is what we're doing. And she's like, much- she over here quiet, but she's the killer. So I'm just like, I'll be sitting there like, no one knows you beat me. <laughs> and yeah, Tiffany is much more just like, internal like you know she deals mostly she she puts her heart into things Mm -hmm. so she's gonna look at the same story for like over and over again i'm like girl put that put that out it's time to move on to something that's gonna like the cycle is something that's gonna make us some money but in terms of just like going out having fun girl i really do feel like in starting the tribe like i lost my glow like my just like inner like you'd think like I'm finding it again but it really does kind of like suck the life out of you it's like um people say starting a business is kind of like having a child and it's just like can we start a support system (laughs) like I swear it's just like I have to watch my baby at all times in these beginning stages because this is when it's most vulnerable so how do you date when you gotta watch your baby like and this How is, do you find somebody worth dating? This is media. So anything can happen at any time where, you know, it may require my attention. And it's going to be, it's very difficult to find somebody who understands that. And also, like, I went full time. So I'm not, like, getting a, a paycheck. And once that security net is gone, mm-hmm. it's now just like, oh, I actually really do have to do this because I won't be able to pay my rent. Or I can't eat. And I won't be able to pay my best friend. My brother works with me, too, sometimes. And a, 
a bunch of black creatives who rely on us, you know, for freelance dollars. So now it's just like, wow, I'm responsible for people and I'm new at this. And it's very, very hard for me to be like, oh, let me go um, to the spa and get my nails and feet done and get a facial like that's literally somebody who we're not paying because I'm out here just trying to live my best life so girl I haven't found that balance yet but it comes when the money comes like because the money isn't here I've had to grind to a level where I've definitely been just sick I've been just like sick and like you just be working to the point where it's like, man, it's four o'clock and I haven't eaten today. Yeah. I'm like, this is not a and diet plan. And I had plan. to learn to say no and just be like, no, today I just need to take care of myself. Yeah. I've, yeah. I think, um, and especially like, that's a different level of commitment when you jump off that cliff and say, I'm going to do it on my own. It's also. So many people are not willing to do that. Been had blogs for years but have never really taken that plunge and I feel like that was one of the things that really Mm -hmm. made a difference in the tribe and like growing our visibility when I was finally just like I'm gonna stop taking other gigs because it's taking my focus off of the tribe and there's no way we're gonna be able to make this a thing until somebody is dedicated to it right um but then again I'm the one that takes on all of the the pressure. I physically cut the checks. Like I run the payroll, Mm -hmm. like, um, and I got to figure all that shit out. And if it fails, like it is on me. Right. And now that we have all this visibility, it would actually be like a deal if we failed. So that type of level of pressure is not like anything I've ever experienced. And I can't be concerned with what hoes are doing on Instagram and this different trend, this different look. And like We're doing a smoky leopard eye. <laughs> Bitch, what? I, I just want to smoke and go to bed. Exactly. Leave me alone. I don't have time for it. Um I don't have time. No, I completely understand. And I don't have time for men to be like wasting my time. It's just like, if you come, if you're coming, I need to know what you want. Just tell me like what, what we're going for. Because you just took 20 minutes out of my life that I could have took a nap. (laughs) So now I want to go from talking to you to fighting you. (laughs) And like, exactly. We will be, I can teen in this bitch because I could have been resting, which I need. So I can do the next level. I girl, we need tea, liquor, something. <laughs> something. Um, but yeah, I uh, I completely understand that feeling, and we have to confess too, I haven't necessarily been the best in terms of my own health. Um, mm. But because I'm like I'm, I'm at the point now. I think I have set Uber Eats drivers. <laughs> like I swear, I be seeing like the same people. You get in that rut. Like I used to love to cook and to try new recipes a- and all of this stuff, and then finally, it's just like, man, it's ten o'clock. I didn't eat dinner. I guess I gotta uber eats i'm about to literally sell my pots and pans i don't know what i got them for anymore like it's it's a waste of my time but um just so wrapping up finally i just wanted to know with all the sacrifices that you are making with the way that you all are really you know trying to build your brand um clearly is something that you are passionate about it is your child as you said and by the way since we're celebrating our two year we're having um a party on april 2nd so yes yes i'm here and it's a fundraiser so don't y'all just be look it's a fundraiser (laughs) so buy your ticket and like come on in and help us you know make it to year three um definitely yes send me that when you because i'll go and support i will be in the city finally Ooh, but um just wanted to wrap up 
what is the goal that you want for yourself like as a black like I mean you clearly on your John H. Johnson shit so um what is it that you want the tribe to represent or what when you're looking back finally taking that break in the Cayman Islands or sitting on top of (laughs) you know tabletop mountain um what is it that you want to say like huh this was worth it you know I'm trying to build like a media empire you know um, I look at other platforms, you know, the ones that just kind of focus on the mess and that's mm-hmm. cool for now, but I want something that like a hundred years from now, people will look on it as like an archive. Like this is a snapshot of what was happening in black Chicago and black America, mm-hmm. you know, and for future generations to really know who they are because, you know, our stories don't get told period. Like they get buried and then our people be lost. So I'm hoping that, you know, this helps to helps future generations find some of that clarity. And then as for me personally, you know, I see myself as, you know, the next Issa Rae, the next Ava DuVernay. You know, I'm a filmmaker, so I'm still doing that, too. Like, I'm, I'm co-producing a documentary right now called Unapologetic. It's about the movement for black lives in Chicago through a, fe- a feminist queer lens so you know I'm still producing and directing documentaries I'm writing web series I'm taking this like way bigger than what people will imagine probably for us yes I love that no um seriously I like I said I follow the tribe I definitely want to support in any way that I can I've, I've wanted to get you you know or at least as representing the tribe on the show for some time. So thank you for blessing me by coming thank on to you. the show. I think it's amazing what you're doing. And you are incredibly talented. Like I don't come on everybody's podcast. Cause you know, some people just, they just doing it because it's just like, Oh bro, I feel like I love us and we should have a podcast. Like, and I'm like, look, I don't have time for this, but I listened to yours and I was just like, she really has something to say. So thank you very yeah. much. I, there are, um, that's my payment because Lord knows I'm still in investing stage as well. Mm-hmm. Like this is on me. There, there is nobody else. It's like, yeah, girl, we got 5,000. Just go ahead, take a month off, you know, regroup. So to, to hear that, um, does give me, you know, a surge of energy. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I need to go out and buy some Pedialyte. Like I can, I'm talking to you, but it, my eyelids hurt. I mm-hmm. haven't had that happen to me in a while. So yep. I know it's time for me to just sit in someone's Self-care. bed and it's it's one of those things where it it does feel like a child because you're like I know no parent is like oh bitch I'm walking away <laughs> like it's exactly. not you're into it's something that it's like you can't walk away from it and still your passion and you still love it but it's like that don't mean all the time you like it and that doesn't and mean all the time you point, want it. it'll get to the point where it's sustainable where it can walk on its own and right. it can like go make its own food right <laughs> but right now it's Take like out the chicken i, when I get have home. to spoon feed every little thing for this company so yeah <sighs> yes girl so um Thank you for coming on to the show. Thank I you. super appreciate it. Um, I will definitely be spreading the word also. Uh, again, April 2nd. The tribe anniversary function. Okay, we do okay. everything black. Okay, so, you know, most people have sit-down anniversary dinners, but we, exactly. we, we have the function, so come on through. Um, you can go to thetribe.com. That's the tribe with two eyes.com. Yes. Um, yes. And get information and also just read our stories because they're super black and they're dope. That, but you better, yes, 
rep your set do that <laughs> no but thank you so much love for being on the show i sincerely appreciate thank it thank you hey everybody so my motivational message for this week i was thinking about this as I was on the plane coming home yesterday. I have been in back-to-back travel for the past two weeks. I'm also going into some more back-to-back travel, but you know, much is required of those who say they want to be in leadership positions, and that is something that I expressed and put out there in the universe, so I cannot complain. But what I will say is I had an amazing conversation with uh, a coworker and we were talking till two in the morning just about our experiences, our background, our life. And it was in regards also to a situation that I had, you know, dealt with, which somebody, you know, had really just been testing me in terms of my patience. Clearly, they don't respect me, just how to handle the situation. And so she made us, she let me finish my story, my spiel, everything. And then she said something that just hit me in the face. She was like, so what is it going to take for you to let it go? And I was like, what? And she was like, I just want you to come to that conclusion on your own. She was like, let's talk it out. She was like, what? She was like, keep talking. What do you want? Do you want the person to be reprimanded? Do you want them to be, you know, flogged in the town square? Like, what is it that you want? And I was able to come to the conclusion on my own as well as the reason as to why I felt so passionately or why, to be quite honest, why I was fixating on the situation. But what it really revealed to me is don't put yourself in a prison trying to condemn somebody else. Because if that person is doing wrong, if that person, you know, has done wrong by you or someone you love or whatever, they definitely will get their, you know, their comeuppance, if you will. But even if that happens, if you are holding on so tightly to what they did and how they made you feel and how dare they take your kindness for weakness or I'm not the one, two or the tenth bitch or whatever it is that you're saying, you are putting yourself in more of a predicament. To the point that even if something does happen that's in your favor that, you know, releases you, you still will be held mentally because you can't let the situation go. A lot of us, you know, it's all I say this a lot. I'm like, it's all fun and games or, you know, it's all fun and petty, I should say, until God starts blocking your blessings. Don't allow your inability to handle a situation or to really have that trust fall and just say, you know what, I'm going to do what I need to do and I'm going to leave this the fuck alone. Don't let that be the reason why you are now held captive, why you can't find your joy, why you can't find your peace. And also, to be honest, why God won't love you up for that next moment or that next eureka or ha-ha phase in your life. If you can't handle what you're currently going through with a little bit of grace, a little bit of style, and a whole lot of I don't give a fuck, I'm still going to keep shining, you're not going to get to that next level. And so she really helped me realize that on my own. So hopefully if you are listening to that, it could be a coworker, it can be a family member, it can be an ex-lover, it can be your favorite cousin who stole your Nike hat, whatever. Do not allow your own inability to get out of of karma's way to get out god's way to get out the universe's way to handle your light weight if you will don't allow that to be the reason why you now can't find joy in your life or why you can't move past whatever that person or the situation did it will be the worst 
prison that you can possibly put yourself in. Just my little, you know, knowledge that I just wanted to pass on in terms of lessons that I learned over the week. I hope everyone has an amazing week. Um, I literally feel like my, like my eyelids feel heavy. That's how fucking tired I am. But we are going to keep trucking. I have a massage schedule tomorrow because father to my God, I need it. Um, but yeah, everyone enjoy your week. Peace, love, and hair grease. And I will catch y'all later. Bye.